Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Pastor David Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor David teaches through God's Word. recognize I have this corruption. He says, if you just will confess it to him, he's faithful and just both to forgive it and to cleanse you of it. That's why he died and rose. He paid the price for your sin and rose and sent his spirit to give us the strength to walk with him like we could not otherwise do. Have you ever wondered how a child knows how to lie without anyone teaching them? It's because all of us are corrupt from the day we are born. From the moment we leave our mother's womb, we are filled with the desire to sin. Today, Pastor David is going to remind you that only Jesus has the power to set you free from the bondage of sin. Stick around after today's message from Pastor David. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor David in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, as he continues his message, Godly Judgment. He says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that he is not slow about his promise, as some people think, but he's patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. His judgment is good. His compassion is good. And so there are two areas where I think we tend to get tripped up around this issue. One is that we project our broken personalities or broken experiences onto God's judgment. And we think that his judgment, we worry deep down, that his judgment is going to be too severe or too soft. We wouldn't say it, but we're worried that he's not going to get it right. And it's natural that, right, we have no experience besides him of a perfect judge, and we have lots of experience of bad judgment. And so we project the bad judgment out, but we need to remind ourselves that that's not who he is and that our concept of good justice and mercy. All of ours is broken, but the fact that we can identify the fact that it's broken points to the fact that there is a standard, and his is the standard. He is actually perfectly just and perfectly merciful. So just when you get anxious about if he's going to get it right, remind yourself that he is the only one who can get it right. The other side of this, though, I think, is that sometimes it's not that we doubt his goodness. It's that we're aware of our own corruption. And so his good judgment is terrifying to us because we realize we don't deserve his kindness. We don't deserve mercy. 
And there is a, there's a right fear of recognizing there's stuff in me that is not good. And if you find that there's, there's sin in you, there's corruption in you that you don't want to let go of, that you know it's evil and you don't want him to change it, he says you should fear. Be warned. But the, the beautiful invitation here, like Rick was just sharing a minute ago, so he's like, none of us is worthy of his mercy. So if you recognize, I have this corruption, he says, if you just will confess it to him, he's faithful and just both to forgive it and to cleanse you of it. That's why he died and rose. He paid the price for your sin and rose and sent his spirit to give us the strength to walk with him like we could not otherwise do. And he is now in the process of making you clean, free of all the corruption. And a lot of these are things that we preach to, you know, we, we hear them, but I have to remind myself, we have to remind ourselves when we feel the reminders of our corruption and remember his perfect judgment. It's good to remind yourself that he paid for that, that gap. And this humbles us, right? It brings us to that place of recognizing it should bring us to that place of recognizing humility in the way that we engage with one another. Only his judgment is perfect. My judgment is not perfect. Here specifically, that's part of what Paul was talking about. I'm so, I rejoice in the fact that God is the judge, and that's what justifies me. It's not my own perspective of myself that justifies me, but Jesus' forgiveness justifies me. But my perspective is not perfect, so I don't pass eternal judgment on you. Judge nothing before the time. Because I don't see clear enough for that. Jesus explains in Matthew 13, 24, another parable he put forth to the people saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares, a type of weed, among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow up together until the time of harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Jesus says we can't tell one another apart through the maturing process. The wheat and the weeds look too much alike for us to be able to. We, we're not going to have perfect, perfect clarity there. There's fruitfulness in the, in the wheat, which is what Jesus points to in other places, the, the, what's produced through the life. But it takes time. He says we're not capable of in that process when they're both in the process of beginning to bear fruit and it takes its time and some things bear fruit earlier and some things bear fruit later. We can't tell each other apart. We don't render perfect judgment on one another. At the same time, this, that statement has been misapplied beyond what Jesus was saying. We have to understand it in context because Jesus teaches us to apply discernment, to judge among one another, among ourselves. In Matthew 18, 
Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between the two of you alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. If he refuses to hear them, then you bring it to the church. And if he refuses even to hear the church, then you let him be to you like a heathen or a tax collector, which still does not mean that you hate them. But there's a different trust, a different relational dynamic there. That's outside now, not family anymore. In 1 Corinthians 5, 9, chapter 5, verse 9, Paul says, I wrote to you in my previous letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the sexually immoral of the world or the greedy or the swindlers or the idolaters, since then you would need to leave the world. But I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother or sister if they're guilty of sexual immorality or greed or an idolater or reviler, right? One who's reviling others, calling people out, calling names, or a drunkard or a swindler, a cheat. Don't even eat with them. What have I to do with judging those outside? Is it not those, though, inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside, but it is our responsibility, he says, to purge the evil person from among you. That's, this is judgment, right? This is a way of us judging between one another. And in both of these passages, God makes clear that the goal is restoration and protection. I have a duty to, to look out for my brothers and sisters by confronting the sin of one who's harming others. Even if it's not overt, right? If he talks about in, in the same passage we're getting into again next week in, in chapter five, he says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That it, you know, it spreads. A little, little yeast spreads fast. A little, a little wickedness that we ignore, that we think of as, ah, it's fine. It spreads. It does damage out. So we need to go and have these confrontations. His love is the main thing. so glad you tuned in to Main Thing Radio today. We'd like to encourage you to continue reading God's Word daily, looking for the powerful truth and the promises that lie within its pages. There's always something to learn from the Bible, and we hope you'll make it part of your daily routine. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from the book of 1 Corinthians, you'll find them at MainThingRadio.com. You'll also learn more about this ministry and connect with us on social media. We also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Here's David to tell you more. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days at blinding speed. But there's always a moment to pause. Those in-between times are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply go to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. 
Thanks, David. We also want to invite you to join us for worship this weekend. Come visit Calvary Miami Beach on Sunday for worship and Bible study, or join us online as we live stream. You'll be able to find out all you need to know by clicking on Calvary Miami Beach in the About tab on our website. Again, that's MainThingRadio.com. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us again next time right here on Main Thing Radio. 